most people that are lactose intolerant are actually just sensitive to this A1 protein. A lot of people that think they're lactose intolerant, they do fine with goat's milk, sheep's milk, or other types of milk because it's A2 protein. But those other types of milk, they still contain lactose. Yeah. So why are people digesting that fine, but they can't do cow's milk? Yep. My answer to that question is I think it's because the A1 protein. Welcome to episode four of the Clean Kitchen Podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Kevin. And if you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave us a review. Let us know if you're enjoying this podcast. But today, Kevin, tell the people what we're going to be talking about today. Milk. Milk. A huge topic. I'm excited for this one. Loaded topic. We're going to start with dairy milk. And that in itself is a huge topic. So we'll break that down into conventional versus organic versus grass-fed. Then we'll go into the fat-free versus whole milk. What's the difference Mm -hmm. there? Which one's better for you? What do those even mean? We'll even talk about the temperature at which some of these milks are pasteurized, which can get a little bit complex. So we'll we'll walk you through that. And then, of course, A1 versus A2. Some of that might be new information for you. So we'll tell you what that means. We'll even talk about some raw milk. What What is that? Yeah, That's not very common. So we'll talk about that. And then, of course, hot on the streets is plant-based milk. Soy, almond, oat, what do those actually mean? What's in those? What are the ingredients in those different types of milk? So we'll break that down. And then, of course, that's a ton of information. So we'll do a comparison for you, telling you which one is healthier between those dairies and plant-based milk. Yes. And of course, we're going to have some fun. Yeah. So we've got some trivia at the end for I you. I love it. We're always going to have fun here. Always have fun at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and then, throughout and throughout the podcast. Yeah, of course. <laughs> And then we'll we'll do some uh, some takeaways with kind of some red flags, what to avoid in the grocery store, what mm-hmm. ingredients are a definite definite no go, and then we're going to rank some of the the top milks for you at the end. Perfect. So that's a lot. So we're going to jump right in. We're going to start with dairy milk specifically. We're going to talk about conventional, organic, and grass fed. Let's start with just conventional dairy milk. Yep. So that's really the first thing someone sees when they go to the milk section, they're going to see three options. They're going to see conventional, which is basically, you know, you go to any store and you just see the gallon jug. It doesn't have a label on it or anything. It just just says whole milk, fat-free milk, skim milk, whatever it is. That's your conventional milk. And then you have organic, obviously certified organic, says organic on it. And then you also see grass-fed or 100% grass-fed. And we'll get into specifically uh, the grass-fed label and how it's not really regulated that much. So really at its core, there's one thing that differentiates these three types of milk, and it's what the cow is feeding on. So conventional milk, they are going to be feeding on GMO grains like corn, soy, oats, barley, that sort of thing. And when I say GMO, that means they're genetically modified and most likely sprayed with pesticides and herbicides. So that's what the conventional cows are are eating. Uh, organic, they're eating certified organic feed. So it can be those same things. It can be those grains, corn, and soy, but it's going to be certified organic. So it's not going to be sprayed with any of these synthetic pesticides or herbicides. And then grass-fed milk, 100% grass-fed milk, just as it sounds. It's 100% grass-fed. They're not they're not eating any of these grains. Okay. okay. So that's helpful just to, to know what the three are because I think that in itself is overwhelming. Yes. And that's a lot of what we'll talk about is that there are so many choices if you go look at milks. So that helps set this up. But but why does it matter what the cow is eating? How does that impact the milk? It impacts the nutritional profile of the milk. So a cow's natural diet is grass. It's not grains. Why do they feed them grains? To well, in the making of beef, it's to fatten them up as quickly as possible 
and get a honestly better tasting cut of meat. Um, and it's cheaper. Yep. A lot cheaper. So that's one of the, that's one of the main reasons that, um, cows that they're feeding cows grains. Um, but also a lot of people don't know that even when it comes to conventional milk and organic milk, where they are fed grains, the first seven to nine months of the cow's life is actually spent on a pasture Mm. eating grass. And then it's really those last four or five months where they go to a feedlot, um, where they're going to be eating grains and either they're going to slaughter them for beef or, you know, get some milk, get some milk from them. So yeah, it's those last four to five months that they're for efficiency going to do what they need to, to get the cow ready. But you, you have to think about you a lot of times in this scenario, what the cow consumes you indirectly consume that that pass through there. So, of those three, which one are are you looking for? Uh, ideally, I would say 100% grass fed because, as I mentioned, that's that's a cow's natural diet. That's what they should be eating. It's better for them, and ultimately, it's better for us. Yep. So, grass fed, ideal. If you can't get grass fed, I do recommend going for organic because, as I mentioned, those those conventional cows they're consuming these grains that are sprayed with pesticides and herbicides, that's going to get in their body and that's eventually going to get in our body. So we want to avoid that at all costs. And also another note on um, conventional versus organic and grass-fed. Conventional cows, they are allowed to be given antibiotics to treat them, Hmm. but any cow that is given antibiotics, that supply of milk is thrown out. So a lot of people think that um, conventional milk has antibiotics in it, but legally they should be disposing of that milk or they shouldn't even be, I guess, milking the cow in the first place, yeah. place if it was given antibiotics. Yeah. Um, so that's just another note. I know a lot of people are scared of antibiotics getting in mm. their milk. Okay. Um, and then another note on that, artificial hormones can also be given to conventionally raised milk, um, which that can get into the milk. But- it is illegal for hormones to be given to cows that are organically raised. Mm. And also that uh, that hormone is banned in the European Union and Canada. Oh, wow. So Just in the U.S. Yeah, just in the U.S. Not good. Yeah. Okay. It's, same goes for a lot of ingredients found in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's allowed in the U.S., but it's banned in many, many other countries. Yeah, there's a consistent theme here. Yeah, we're good at that. Yep. Okay. And, and maybe even taking a step back to with this why is it that people should have milk? Are there nutritional benefits at its core to milk? Oh, for sure. I yeah. think there's a lot. There's a lot of bioavailable vitamins and minerals. And when I say bioavailable, I just mean easily absorbed okay. into the body. So yes, I think I think there's a lot of benefits to consuming milk. Now, we're going to get into you know the different ways that milk is processed, where I think that's when it can lead to problems. And yeah. we'll talk about the different uh, sensitivities that people have to milk. Yep. Um, but overall I think milk is very nutritious. Yeah. Okay, good. So that's, that's a lot of information there about conventional versus organic Mm -hmm. versus grass fed specific to to grass fed though. I think there are a lot of other nutritional benefits that come from a cow naturally eating its own diet. So what are those benefits? Yeah. So there's really two, two main benefits. Uh, I guess you could even say three, I'd say one, uh, three main benefits to grass-fed milk, 100% grass-fed milk. And that reminds me, the term grass-fed isn't very well regulated, as I mentioned earlier, um, but there were a couple brands that got together and made a third-party 
um, they have they had this third party come in and they're going to they basically test the milk or or maybe they do annual inspections or something mm-hmm. to ensure that it is truly 100% grass fed and there's a label on the milk. Um, basically getting a, a third party uh, independent audit of the ingredients going into that milk. Correct. So the certification is certified grass fed organic dairy. That's a popular little label that it's that you'll see on okay. um, on milk. So you want to look out for that and, and choose the ones that have that certification. Correct. Okay. Yes. So going back, there's th- really yep. three main things I would say that grass fed milk, why grass fed milk is better than any other type of milk. Okay. And that would be one, I think is just more uh it has more of these vitamins and minerals in them just because the cow is eating grass instead of grains. Uh, but the two main things, it has more of the omega-3 fats, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about full fat versus skim milk and why I recommend full fat milk because it has these omega-3 fats, which we've yep. talked about. We have with oils. Previous yeah. podcasts. Oh, yeah. Um, and it has less of the omega-6. Yep. So the more grains that cows eat, the more omega-6 it's going to have. And the more grass, the more omega-3s. Yep. We want those good, healthy omega-3 fats. Got it. And as a reminder, we want to limit omega-6. Yes. Omega-3 and 9, we like. Yes. 6, limit. Exactly. Okay. So that's the main benefit to grass-fed milk. The other benefit is that it contains more of something called conjugated linoleic acid. Or Never heard of that CLA. one. CLA. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And actually, it has this on the, if you, if you buy a grass-fed milk, uh, it'll have it on the front of the package. Huh. It says more omega-3s and more CLAs, and that's conjugated linoleic acid. And basically, it's just a it's a heart-healthy fatty acid that um, has actually been shown to help with weight loss. Huh, so, okay. Moral of the story there, it's a, it's a good thing. Okay, so CLAs. we want CLAs, got yes. it. Did you know that companies can claim their beef is grass-fed as long as it was fed grass at some point in its life? That's right. The cow could have been finished on grain, yet it will still be marketed as grass-fed on the package. Now, why does this matter? Well, 100% grass-fed beef has higher levels of omega-3 fatty acids, vitamins and minerals, glutathione, CLA, and bioavailable Protein, And that's why one of my favorite snacks of all time are Paleo Valley's 100% grass-fed beef sticks. They source their beef from small domestic farms in the U.S. They use real organic spices to flavor their beef sticks, and they're naturally fermented, which creates naturally occurring probiotics, which are fantastic for gut health. They taste amazing. They have so much flavor, and they are my go-to protein snack for when I'm on the go. I literally take these everywhere, and they're currently offering listeners of this podcast 15% off when you use the link in the description of this episode or go to paleovalley.com slash clean kitchen. No code necessary. And again, that is paleovalley.com slash clean kitchen, or click the link in the description of this episode and a 15% discount will automatically be applied at checkout. Okay. Back to the show. And uh, I mean, in addition to the benefits to the, the consumer of the milk, we were, were learning more about the benefits to the environment Yes, of, of grass fed milk. I, I was doing a little bit of research on this because I thought it was interesting that the cows that are hundred percent grass fed are naturally basically mowing the grass for the farmer. So mm-hmm. it helps with that. You're not bringing in any sort of chemicals there that are helping to limit the amount of grass that's grown. So that's good. And their hooves are actually oh, yeah. making 
dents in the ground. Yeah, I've read about this. Uh, allow for water to kind of fill up and, and keep the grass healthy. So really interesting there that the the cows themselves are playing a role in acting almost as, as a farmer would um, on the land that they're being grown on there. So yeah. really cool too that there's this environmental benefit yeah. as well as the, the benefit to the consumer. Yeah, so yeah. benefit, so it's better, what you're saying is basically grass-fed, better for the cow, better for the environment, better for us. That's it. That's a win-win-win. Win-win-win. You don't get a lot of those. <laughs> this is a good one. Yes. Okay, so that's that's the grass-fed. Let's move on because you talked a little bit about fat. Yes. And so a lot of people, we talked about it before, they hear fat, they think bad. Yes. But we talked about there are good fats and there are bad fats. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to milk, is milk a good fat or a bad fat? Milk is a great fat. As I mentioned, it has those omega-3 fats. It also has saturated fat. Okay, we talked about those. Another thing a lot of people think bad, but- yep. I. The saturated fat in milk is great. Um, so fat-free or skim milk, that has all of the fat removed. And what it's left with is just the milk sugar and the protein. And the milk sugar is the lactose. That's mm-hmm. that's what the sugar in milk is. Yep. And we'll get into that in a minute. Um, if you look at the ingredients of these fat-free or skim milks, a lot of the time they'll add in a synthetic form of vitamin D because that is removed when they filter out all of the fat. Yep. So that's another, these, there's, there's bioavailable vitamins in the fat and we're removing them because why? I'm not really exactly sure. We're, we've just been told fat is bad. Yeah, exactly. When, and then they're, they're adding them back. Do you remember what milk we drank as kids? Oh, skim milk. 100% skim milk. Always skim milk. Oh, yeah. I have a glass of skim milk almost every night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I had a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios every morning with skim milk. Yep. Exactly. Every morning. And we had no idea. No. No one knew. There no. wasn't a lot of this research out there. Yeah, we thought fat was bad. Yep. Or exactly. I, I guess our, our parents did. Yeah. I didn't. We were we, told fat. We didn't know better. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were just lucky to have, have the milk there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that is what that is what we grew up with. But yep. no, it turns out we want to go for the whole milk. Yep. So um, I think a lot of people are scared that fat has a lot of calories mm-hmm. and um, just fat in general. But- like we talked about in earlier episodes, it's more satiating fat. Mm-hmm. So it's actually going to fill you up. Uh, you have a glass of whole milk, that's going to be much more satiating than a glass of skim milk. Um, the skim milk is most likely just going to spike your blood sugar and leave you feeling even more hungry afterwards. Yep. So always, always, always I recommend going for whole milk. And there's been many studies that show that the intake of whole milk is not associated with weight gain. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think that's what people are scared most about when consuming whole milk. Yeah, you're just making the assumption, which I think is is fair. We've kind of been taught that if you have a lot of fat, if you have a lot of whole milk, it's going to put on some weight for you. Yes. And I guess with these, we've basically done two different categories of three items. Is there a a fat-free organic? Is there a skim organic? Can you pair these two together? Yeah, there's basically options of all of these. Okay. Yeah, so there's there's grass-fed low fat too. And what do you think about that kind of milk? No, I I mean, I guess it's good. I don't, I don't know the exact reason why someone would really ever want to go for low fat. To yeah. be honest, I, I'd say always go for whole milk. Okay. Yeah. So if you're pairing these two together, you want grass fed, you want whole. Exactly. Together. Yeah. Okay. That's the first two uh, pieces of the puzzle. I okay. guess you could say grass yeah. fed, whole milk. I like that. Is so it, we're basically building a puzzle of milk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're building the perfect milk. Okay. I love this. Yeah. Okay. So I, w- I want to move on then to, to the temperature. Mm. So I think this isn't something that people think 
too much about to the temperature at which they're processed at which they're processed yes. exactly right and doing some research on this the, the one thing that stood out to me is you can see the same type of milk on the shelves in a normal grocery store aisle as you will in the the refrigerated section and the initial thought is why isn't that milk refrigerated i think mm. it has to do with the temperature at, at which it's pasteurized that plays the role so yes. what does this even mean low temperature versus ultra pasteurized talk to me yeah so there's basically three different types of pasteurization we have low temp pasteurization which is not common unfortunately i, I wish it was more common pasteurized which is um the the full term for something that's pasteurized is high temperature short term pasteurization okay and then we have ultra pasteurized. So low temp pasteurized is slowly heated to 145 degrees for about 30 minutes. So it's heated to okay. lower temperatures for a longer period of time. Okay. High temperature short term pasteurization is heated to a minimum of 161 degrees for at least 15 seconds. So a little bit higher, but for a shorter amount of time. Okay. And then we have ultra pasteurized, which is heated to 280 degrees Fahrenheit or even more for a minimum of two seconds. So really high temperatures for a very short time. Okay. And the main reason, uh, I'll get back to short-term pasteurize, but the main reason that we ultra pasteurize things nowadays is to extend the shelf life. Mm. When we ultra pasteurized something, and not only does this go for milk, but it goes for other products as well, like juice, yep. things like that. Uh, it can extend the shelf life to six to nine months, which is a crazy Jeez. amount of time. Yeah, for milk? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then also a note on this is kind of like you were talking about, if something's ultra pasteurized, it doesn't need to be refrigerated. Yep. So that's the ones you're seeing on the, the grocery store aisle shelves, yes. not in, in the fridges, obviously. Exactly. Okay. And so those different categories, first of all, can I, can I find that on the label? Yes. On the milk. Okay. Yes. It says it. It'll, it should say it right on the front. Okay. Mm -hmm. Whether or not. And then you'll see, like I mentioned, you'll see the two common ones are, okay. it's either going to say pasteurized or ultra pasteurized. Okay. Yeah. And so what are we looking for? What do we want out of ours? Ideally, well, ideally I'd say raw. We're going to get into raw oh, milk, the, okay. the, the raw milk debate in a minute here. Okay. But in terms of what most people have available at their grocery stores, I recommend going for low temperature pasteurized. Now this unfortunately is not very common it is becoming more common mm -hmm. which um i like to see uh but low temperature pasteurized it destroys a lot of the unwanted pathogens but it keeps a lot of the beneficial bacteria and enzymes and mm -hmm. different things that our bodies need that is destroyed when it's pasteurized or ultra pasteurized okay plus in my opinion it just tastes better yeah has, has more taste so while the low temperature pasteurized heating does kill some of the beneficial enzymes, it keeps a lot of them, but it does kill some of them. It doesn't damage the proteins in the milk hmm. and leaves uh, intact, like I said, some of the good bacteria. Okay. So as those, if we're going back to the beginning, the cows are eating that grass, they're digesting the vitamins and, and minerals yes. through the grass into their bodies, ultimately flows through the milk. But- if you're just baking the milk at this extremely high temperature, you're losing a lot of the benefits that you gained in the beginning of the process. Exactly. Okay. You're killing, you're basically killing it because yeah. it's heated to, high, yeah, so yeah. high temperatures. Okay. So we're, we're going to look for that low temp 
pasteurized. If we're building our perfect milk, going back to that, we've got grass fed. We've got <laughs> whole milk. Whole milk. <laughs> got, it's fine. Just I'm keep going. On. We've got whole milk. Yeah. And then we've got low temperature pasteurized. Yes. Okay. And I've, I believe, oh, and a uh, quick note on that. Another yeah. name for low temperature pasteurized is VAT pasteurized. Okay. V-A-T stands for something. Can't say I know it off the top of my head. Okay. So if you see that on the label, that's the same thing. Same thing as low temperature okay. pasteurized. Okay. And as far as I know, I've only seen two brands that are low temperature pasteurized. One of them being Kalana Supernatural. Okay. Uh, I know that's available in a lot of Whole Foods. Not, I don't think anywhere on the East Coast because I have not seen it. Um, but it is available in Sprouts as mm. well. So, okay. just to throw that out there. Uh-huh. And then I know Alexander Farms also okay. makes a um, low-temperature, pasteurized, grass-fed whole milk. Wow. Can't say I know where that is Okay, in terms of location in the yeah. in the United States. Yep. But those would be – those are the two brands I know of that I feel comfortable recommending. And, um, yeah, they're I, great brands. I trust okay. them. If you want to have your healthiest year yet and become the most vibrant version of yourself, I recommend you start by cleaning up your skincare products. Swapping for natural options is a must if you want to feel good and glow from the inside out. And Primally Pure has harnessed the power of natural ingredients in their complete line of non-toxic beauty products. From skin body, baby, hair, and home. And you cannot forget about their cult following natural deodorant, which is the deodorant that I use every single day. Primally Pure products are handcrafted with real, raw ingredients to optimize your results and your overall health. And if you don't believe me, check out the testimonials on their Instagram feed and website because that is proof that pure ingredients really do create positive change in your skin. You will not believe the before and after photos and the transformation stories from their community all over the world. And if you're on the fence about making the swap to non-toxic products, especially natural deodorant, check out their five-star reviews at primallypure.com from customers just like you. And once you're convinced, use code CLEANKITCHEN for 15% off your Primally Pure purchase. That's www.primallypure.com slash cleankitchen. Again, use code CLEANKITCHEN at checkout for 15% off your order. Now back to the show. So with, with the, the low temperature then, since it doesn't extend the shelf life, will you always find a low temperature pasteurized milk in the refrigerator? Yes. Okay. It's always going to be in the fridge and the expiration date is going to be much sooner okay. than the pasteurized ones. Yep. So, so got to consume it quick. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I like it. So the, any, anything else on temperature? I mean, n- not not really. I, I was, when, when I was doing research for this episode, I was trying to find the difference between pasteurized and ultra pasteurized, yeah. the nutritional difference. I couldn't find a whole lot, to be honest. I think they're kind of similar in terms of what's destroyed yeah. when they're pasteurized. So I think those are comparable, I'd yeah. say. Okay. So yeah. not a huge difference. If you see those two, just try and find that that organic whole milk or grass-fed whole milk if, yeah. if you can get that. Yes. Okay. So then, then moving on a little bit to homogenization mm-hmm. of milk. So we've got homogenized and then we've got non-homogenized. What are those words and, and what do we look for? Yeah. So homogenized and 99% of milk out there is homogenized okay. and it's it'll say that on the package too. Okay. Normally it'll say pasteurized and homogenized. Mm. If you 
if you've ever seen that term before. But homogenize, what that means is basically it breaks up the fat into small particles so it's evenly distributed throughout the milk. Okay. So if you get a gallon of low-temperature pasteurized non-homogenized milk, then it's going to have a layer of cream on top. It's gonna, it, it'll rise to the top because it's non-homogenized. So basically what homogenized do is it takes that fat, like I said, breaks it into small particles and evenly distributes it mm. throughout um, the milk. Yeah. Is, is that a good thing? No, it okay. is not a good thing. So when you do that, so there are, I, I read that there are over 400 fatty acids in, in raw milk. And when you homogenize them, you destroy them. Mm. So it's, we want non-homogenized. Unfortunately, it is difficult to find yep. non-homogenized. So we want the one with the, the cream the, layer at the top. Yes. Okay. And then it, have you bought those before? Yeah. And so, what do you do? How, do you shake it? Yeah, normally just yeah, you okay. just, just just shake it okay. before you before you pour it. Uh-huh. Um, and it doesn't feel chunky or anything like that. No. Okay. No. All right. Some people some people even just um, like either take the cream of take the cream off and like save it huh. or just eat the cream by itself. Oh yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But it's really delicious. Very cool. Okay. <laughs> Did not know about that so we're looking for for the non-homogenized one. yes um but as i mentioned it's very difficult okay very difficult to find okay so then this seems to be a newer topic at least newer to me is this idea of a1 versus a2 milk yes so we're doing a little bit of of research on it but just give me a little bit of background on what these two letters and, and number combinations mean yeah so honestly this was something i had to do a lot of research on uh, a few months ago because I kept seeing different types of A2 milk pop up and I was like, what is this A2 milk? And what, how is this different from regular milk? And what I learned that was, and what I learned was that thousands of years ago, five to 10,000 years ago, there was this genetic mutation that happened in cattle. So um, it, it used to be where most cows produced A2 milk and A2 was just, uh, it's the type of protein that's found in milk. So most cows were A2 milk, but thousands of years ago, there was this genetic mutation. No one really knows exactly what happened, but there was this switch from A2 milk to A1, A1 and A2 milk. Yep. So your average milk now contains A1 beta casein protein and A2 beta casein protein, where it used to be just A2. Okay. So that's kind of, how it happened. Most milks at the grocery store, if it doesn't specifically say A2, it's A1 and A2. It has it has both of them in there. Yeah, it's, it's like this A, A1 slash A2. Exactly. The, the common one. Okay. Yes. So the, the general baseline assumption is it's A1. Okay. Unless it says A2, it's A1. Okay. That's just, that's a fact. Okay. Is that because it's just more common? Why are there yeah. more A1s? Yes, I, I'd say it's more common. So the, the A2... Milk comes from an entirely different type of cow. Okay. And I know Jersey cow is one of the cows that only produces this A2 milk. There's a few other breeds. Yeah. Um, that produce the A2 milk. Correct. Okay. And, and then what's the difference between these two? Yeah. So like I said, it's the type of protein found in the milk. Mm-hmm. The problem with A1 milk is that there, and, and there's been multiple studies on this, but the A1 beta casein found in your average cow's milk appears to be more inflammatory to the mm. gut mm. when compared to A2 beta casein. Okay. And just a note, uh, breast milk 
human milk, it it is A2 beta casein. It doesn't contain any of this A1. Okay. So that might be one of the reasons why this A1 protein is more inflammatory because mm. our bodies our bodies don't know what it is. It's almost yeah. like a foreign protein. Yeah. We're not built to digest it. Exactly. Okay. So, and that brings me to uh, other types of milk like goat's milk, sheep's milk, buffalo milk. Can't say I've ever had that. No. Camel milk. That's another one. No, yeah. I've not heard that one. Yeah, camel milk. I don't think I want to try that. <laughs> um, but all those types of milk are only a, they only, those, those animals only produce A2 milk. Huh. So it's really the, the cows that are most commonly producing this A1 protein. Yeah. As far as I know, they're yeah. the only animal, I guess, that does produce this yeah. A1 protein. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So A1 is common, but not the best for us. Yes. So we're looking for A2 because it's, it's easier for our bodies to digest. Easier to digest. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Does this have anything to do with lactose intolerance, people? So it's funny you ask that. Uh-huh. So about nine months ago, I went to something called Expo East, okay, which was basically this, it's this food conference in um, Philadelphia. And I was talking to a bunch of different brand, all these healthy brands are there. And I was talking to a bunch of different ones there and Alexander farms, mm-hmm. uh, which we were talking about off camera um, before the podcast started, I was talking to them and they were telling me that most people that are lactose intolerant, that think they're lactose intolerant mm. are actually just sensitive to this a one protein. Wow. Found in cow's milk. Uh-huh. And I forget the exact percentage. I'm going to I'm gonna guess here, but I think it's like, eight, could it be 80% of people are lactose intolerant? It's 70 funny to that. It's one of our trivia questions. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so don't give it so away. So we'll, te- we'll tease Don't give it, it away. Yeah. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess I was gonna guess say now. 75% of people okay. in the U.S., okay, not the world, the U.S. Yep. are lactose intolerant. Again, we'll get back to the correct answer at yep. the end of the podcast, so make sure you uh, stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but she, uh, the woman that I was talking to at Alexander Farms, she told me that it's more of like 10 to 15% mm. or even maybe even lower. I want to say it was actually single digits yeah. that are actually lactose intolerant. They're just intolerant to A1. A1. Wow. A1 beta casein. And protein. most people have no idea, I'm sure. Yeah. And that's why, and that brings a lot of people that think they're that think they're lactose intolerant, they do fine with goat's milk, sheep's milk, or other types of milk because it's A2 protein. Yep. But those other types of milk, they still contain lactose. Yeah. They do contain, I think it's about 25% less lactose yep. than cow's milk, but they still contain lactose. Yeah. So why are people digesting that fine? but they can't do cow's milk. Yep. My my answer to that question is I think it's because the A1 protein. Yeah, exactly. And A2 is is probably harder to to find, a lot more limited. Yes. Okay. And yeah, I'd and I'd say part of the reason for that is it's more expensive to produce as yeah. well. Yep. So there's just less farmers doing that. Yep. It sounds like there's less cow breeds that produce this A2 milk. Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. Okay. Wow. So A2, if you're lactose intolerant, and you have not tried A2 milk, try it and let us know. Safe, yeah. Yeah. In small amounts. Very small amounts. Try it safely. Do not hurt yourself. Yeah. But I I did post uh, an Instagram reel about this months ago, mm-hmm. explaining kind of what we just talked about and how most people that think they're lactose intolerant aren't really lactose intolerant. And I had hundreds of people messaging me saying, oh my gosh, I can consume milk again. Wow. I, had, I tried A2 and, I, and I'm digesting it fine. Yep. No so, issues. I think that's it. That's crazy. Yeah. Like a little miracle. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? It is crazy. It is. Yeah. yeah. No one no one's ever 
Talk to me about that. Yeah. Do you, you ever have issues digesting milk? No, I don't. No. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah. I actually had um, Kristen, who's actually here right now. Uh, she likes the Maple Hill 100% grass-fed whole milk. Uh-huh. And that's not A2. Mm. But she keeps it in my fridge. And I was like, you know what? As I was doing research for this, I was like, let me try it. I've had it before, but I was like, let me try this. Yeah. And um, yeah, I have I have no issues consuming no. it. Okay. So. I guess I'm not as sensitive to yeah. a, a one protein yeah. as some other people. Okay. Interesting. So we've talked a lot about these different factors that yeah. can play into how milk is made, but there's a holy grail of milk that you've, you've teased me with a yes, couple times. There is. <laughs> and it's raw milk. Raw milk. Talk to me about raw milk. Okay. First, let's go. Let's, can we put the puzzles oh, yeah, of what we've done so far? Okay. Okay. So we, first we talked about grass, grass fed versus organic versus conventional. Yep. We choose grass fed. Yep. Then we talked about Whole milk versus 2% versus skim milk. We want whole milk. Okay. Then we talked about homogenized or pasture, pasteurization. Yep. We want low temp pasteurized, raw ideal, which we're about to talk about. Okay. And then we talked about homogenized versus non-homogenized. Yep. And we'll put this all in the notes. I know yeah. this is a <laughs> yeah. lot of information. Put together a little graphic for you. Yeah. Homogenized versus non-homogenized. Ideally, we want non-homogenized. A1 versus A2. Ideally, we want A2. Yep. Okay, so that's where we're at right that's now. A that's a quick that's a quick recap. Okay. And now we're gonna get into raw milk. <laughs> All right. Talk to me <laughs> about raw milk. So as we know, there are a lot of vitamins and minerals in milk. And through that pasteurization process that we talked about, a lot of these different things get destroyed or altered. Okay. So within raw milk, the vitamins, minerals, enzymes, proteins, sugars, and fat are all 100% present and bioavailable, meaning Mm -hmm. we absorb them easier. Whereas when they go through this pasteurization process, a lot of these vitamins, minerals, enzymes, beneficial bacteria are either killed or at least a percentage of them are killed or altered. Yep. Um, And I'll give you an example in just enzymes, for example. There's a lot of enzymes in milk one of those enzymes is lactase, mm-hmm. which allows us to digest lactose. Okay. Um, when you get raw milk, lactase is there, but when you pasteurize it, um, there's actually fewer than 10% um, of the enzymes in there are, are, are still there, which can um, inhibit us from digesting certain nutrients. Mm. The lactase inhibits the lack of lactase? Uh, no, just, just sorry. Um, the so the lactase will inhibit us from digesting lactose. Okay. But there's also a lot of other enzymes in there in general okay. that inhibit us from digesting a lot of the vitamins and minerals that okay. are there. Got it. So raw milk, yeah. It just has it has so much. It has everything. And when you pasteurize it, even low temp pasteurize, it still kills a lot of these things. Yeah. Um still keeps a lot of the the beneficial uh bacteria and enzymes and vitamins and minerals, but um, it's it is killing it at some degree. Okay, and when you say raw milk, do you mean like utter to glass? Uh, pretty close. Pretty close to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's uh the term raw, and we talked about this when we talked about honey too in uh-huh. one of the oh, first yeah. podcast episodes. But it raw basically just means unpasteurized. Okay. So it doesn't go through any heating process. I think really the only step um from cow it goes from cow to some sort of filter, mm. uh, filter filters it through, um, 
and then you have the raw milk. Okay. That's, wow. that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever milked a cow? No, I've not. No? Have you? I have milked a cow. Really? Yeah. Where? At the state fair. Oh. Milked a cow, yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was quite the process. Oh, I should do that. But you, you I mean, you see the milk, obviously, right yeah. there. And so when you're saying raw milk, that's what I have in my head uh, every time you're saying that. So means, I guess there's some sort of filter, but it's basically it. Close. I yeah, I don't think it's a... No. It's not a heavy-duty filter, no. at least that I know of. Okay. Um, but a lot of people are scared of raw milk. Yes. And I think the main point here is that if you can get raw milk from a grass-fed cow mm -hmm. that is uh, sustainably sourced, the farmer is, you know doing everything to keep that uh, to keep that environment sanitary and safe, I don't think there's really any risk to consuming raw milk. Yeah. And I've had raw milk uh, from three different, three or four different places before, yeah. farms. And I, I mean, I've never, I've never yeah. gotten sick. And when you, when you have that raw milk, does it taste different? I mean... Very similar to regular milk. Yeah. I'd say it maybe tastes a little bit better. Yeah. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's not that, that different. different. No. Interesting. I don't think most people would know the difference between no. raw milk and pasteurized. Milk. Yeah. Be curious to do a blind taste test. Yeah. I know. I wanted to get, I yeah. wanted to get raw milk for this podcast so we could do a taste test at the end, but yeah. I, I couldn't get it in time. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Where, where can people find raw milk? So if you go to realmilk.com, uh -huh. you can actually, it'll, It'll show you where you can get raw milk right. near you. And okay. I think like 43 of the 50 states, you can find a farm near you or you can get it shipped to you okay. somewhere. Yep. Um, there's only a handful of states that actually it's legal to sell in stores. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I want to say like seven states. Jeez. So not many. Most most you will not find raw milk at most grocery okay. stores. Yeah. So you got to go out of your way to get it. Yes. Okay. And it's definitely, it's more expensive, but in my opinion, if you can get your hands on it, it's yeah. worth it. Yep, it is. Okay. Yeah. There are just so many benefits to it. So many benefits. Wow. Yeah. Raw milk. I've not had it before, but uh, now I, I want it. We're going we're gonna to have to get it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to get it and yep. uh, we'll do a taste test. Okay. So, so we, well, now we, we've built our perfect milk, but above that perfect milk is raw milk. Raw milk. Okay. Yeah. That's raw milk. I think raw milk trumps everything. That we basically just talked about. Yeah. Because if you're getting raw milk, most likely it's 100% grass fed. Yeah. And that's like that, that farmer is already doing a really good job. Yeah. So it's, it's already going to be very high quality. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. That's a ton on dairy. Yes. Milk. A ton. Yes. A lot of information. So we, we tried to break it down as easily as possible. But if you have more questions on dairy milk, definitely let us know. We'll try to, to answer those in the comments or on other episodes. Yes. But- Kind of on on this trend of milk, it seems like more and more people are at least aware of their intolerance to what they think is lactose, maybe A2. A1. So A1. A1. A2 is, is what could be helpful there. Yes. And because of that, this trend of plant-based milks has mm. popped up over mm. the last probably 10 years now. It's become extremely popular. Mm -hmm. Almond milks, soy milks, oat milks. There's a lot of yeah. those. There's a lot there to break down. So let, let's just... Start with maybe some ingredients that you want to avoid in those types of milks. And, and maybe even are those, is, is that considered milk in your opinion? Uh, I don't really think it's considered milk. No. You're not, I mean, you, you're literally just taking an almond or an oat and mixing it with water. Yeah. I, I think to, to compare uh, cow's or any type of milk, to compare dairy milk to 
um, these plant-based milks yeah. in terms of its nutritional profile, they can't really be compared. Not even close. No. It's almost like is almond juice a more e- accurate? Yeah, term? I guess so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that doesn't sound as cool. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so going back to your question, there's yeah. really three main ingredients I recommend avoiding in these plant-based milks. Okay, it is the vegetable oils. Yep, your canola oil, sunflower oil, rapeseed oil, which mm-hmm. is found in oatly. Yeah. We'll talk about why I am not a fan of oatly at all. And yep. In fact, that's probably one of the worst milks out there. Um, a lot of these gums and emulsifiers in them, gel and gum, xanthan gum, carrageenan, uh, and then added sugar. So those are the, th- those are the three main things. And yeah. those are, again, those are three things that I do recommend avoiding in any product for that matter. Yeah. But they're very, very common in these plant-based milks. Absolutely. And so, so you said one word there that I want to drill down on, emulsifiers. Yes. What does that mean? So gums and emulsifiers, they basically... Uh, they put these in these plant-based milks to keep to per, to prevent um, anything from separating mm-hmm. and basically give it a creamier consistency, more similar to milk. Okay, but the problem is they're not very good for our guts. And yeah. there are studies that show that basically all of these gums have some sort of negative impact on our gut bacteria. Mm-hmm. So very artificial. That yes, we're, we're not meant to digest. Yes. Okay. Wow. So so then. That's all of the things that we should avoid in these plant-based milks. Are, are there things that we should look for in the plant-based ones? Yeah, there are. There are, there are definitely many good plant-based milks out there. And for the most part, it's just going to be nuts, water, and maybe sea salt. Okay. That's all That's all you should really yeah. see. And at its core, those three ingredients are, are good for you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, but that, yeah. Yes, they are. But that also reminds me like a lot of these plant-based milks, they're mostly just water. Yeah. There's such a small percentage of them. So there's such a small percentage of almonds or oats or hemp seeds or whatever, whatever, whatever the plant is. There's yeah. such a small percentage of that in there. Um, so it's mostly just water. It's mostly water. <laughs> yeah. And water and sugar for, for some of the brands. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's basically just water sugar, yeah. vegetable oils, and emulsifiers. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, yeah. That has nothing to do with milk. With a handful of almonds. <laughs> yeah. And then they get to call it almond milk. Yeah. And then to even take it one step further, they put all of these synthetic vitamins in there, yeah. like vitamin D, calcium, vitamin B12, to mimic the nutritional profile of cow's milk. Yeah. So again, a lot of people look on the nutritional label and they see, oh, it's got vitamin D, it's got mm. vitamin A, it's got vitamin B, it's got calcium. I'm just going to drink this instead of cow's milk. When in reality, these are such low quality synthetic forms of vitamins that is our body even absorbing them? Yeah, it's great point. Know. And then yeah. it go, and then it has all these emulsifiers and added sugar and vegetable oils to go along with it. Yeah, not good. Yeah, the benefits just not there. No, I think I, I was when I was reading. I think in like a normal gallon of almond milk, there's maybe like 10, 10 almonds really? that are used to make that that full gallon. Yeah, there's hardly anything. I believe it. Yeah, yeah, and and those are all crushed down and, and you're really not even maybe getting the benefits of those almonds yeah um in that almond milk yeah because they're, they're coated in other chemicals exactly yep yeah. okay so if you were going to try a plant-based milk say you're someone that is lactose intolerant you've tried a2 for whatever reason it just didn't work didn't yeah. sit well didn't work for you yeah but you want to have some form of milk what what should that person look for yeah uh first off i would say it is worth trying raw milk as well okay because some people can't digest a2 pack like there a whole a whole different sensitivity is just the pasteurization process in general so some people that 
you know, can consume A2, can't consume A2 pasteurized milk, they may be able to consume raw milk because it has all of those enzymes and different things, which allows you to break it down easier. So first I would say, try to find raw milk if you can. Yep. Um, my favorite plant-based milk, my personal favorite plant-based milk is coconut milk. Hmm. Uh, but it's not the coconut milk found in the cartons that a lot of people find in the fridge section. It's actually canned coconut milk because this normally just has coconuts and water Hmm. and that's it. Yep. What's the difference between coconut milk and coconut water? Um, coconut. Oh man. Uh, I actually don't even. Oh yes. I do know the difference. So (laughs) coconut water is just, if you open up a coconut, there's water in there and that's the coconut water. Uh Simple as that. Uh, coconut milk is made by taking the coconut meat, which is basically, so you have the coconut and then inside the coconut you have, it's like a thin layer of white meat. You've seen that before? Yeah. So it's coconut milk is made by taking that and combining it with water. Oh, wow. And that's how coconut milk is made. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. So that's my, my favorite. Yeah. Um, it would be coconut milk. Mm -hmm. And then, so coconut milk is the go-to, but if there's one where it's just like, this is, I got to stay away from this. What's the one plant-based milk that's a no-go? Yeah, it's 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 probably the one that's most popular, yeah. which is oat milk. Yeah. Yeah, especially Oatly. Oatly. Why, I hate, I hate why to Oatly? attack a brand. Yeah. Um, but a couple of different reasons. Non-organic oats that have been sprayed with the herbicide known as glyphosate. Have you ever heard of glyphosate? Only because of you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do a whole other podcast uh, episode on glyphosate, but it's a very common herbicide used and it is not a good thing. So the World Health Organization actually uh, classifies glyphosate as a carcinogen oh, and it wreaks havoc, wreaks havoc on our gut. Yeah. Uh, is this common in all oats or is it just oat milk? Oh no, all oats. Okay. All okay. oats. So that's why, that's part of the reason why I always recommend going for organic oats. Okay. Because organic oats are not sprayed with glyphosate. Got it. The very popular herbicide. Yep. So why do I not like oat milk, oatly in general? Non-organic oats. Mm. It has rapeseed oil, which is basically another name for canola oil. Mm-hmm. It has these gums and emulsifiers. Yeah. Uh, I actually don't think it has added sugar okay. in certain uh, – I could be wrong in terms of like – I'm sure they have an unsweetened one versus yeah. a different one. Um and then it has those all those synthetic vitamins and minerals yeah. that makes you, that make you think you're getting something equivalent to dairy milk yeah. when in reality you're not. Yep. It sounds like they're trying to make a milk in a lab and they're combining all these chemicals yeah. that our body's just not meant to digest. Yes. And that's the the output of that is is oat milk. Yeah. And specifically if you're someone that is insulin resistant or has hormone problems or struggles with weight loss, I think oat milk is definitely the worst option. Yeah. You do not want to be consuming this, um, especially consuming. I know a lot of people like to put oat milk in their coffee. Yeah. Uh, but consuming oat milk first thing in the morning on an empty stomach is going to cause a rapid rise in your blood sugar. And ultimately, it's just going to leave you feeling more hungry after and throughout the day. Yeah. It goes back to that satiation. That yeah. we talked about earlier. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. There's, <laughs> you look at oat milk, the, it, it's mostly just carbs. It's yeah. liquid carbs. Mm-hmm. And those carbs get turned into sugar when we consume them. So there's not a lot of fat or protein in oats. Yeah. And the first thing we want to consume when we wake up to satiate us is protein and fat. Yep. 
Yeah. That's what we want. We want to hit it with that. So if you're having that oat milk in the morning, Kyle said it's going to spike your blood sugar, which is just going to make you want more and more food. So if you're someone that is maybe struggling with weight loss or you have a lot of belly fat that you're trying to get rid of and you think you're helping yourself by having an oat milk, you're doing the exact opposite. Yes. Okay. You are. Yeah. So if you do want to avoid the dairy and you want something else to put in your milk, again, I'd say coconut milk is your best option, even something like almond milk. Okay. That'd be better. Yes. Than and, oat milk. And what about soy milk? Um, I'm not a big fan of soy in general. Mm. Um, two main reasons. One, a lot of it is non-organic. So again, it's sprayed with those different pesticides and herbicides. Yeah. Uh, Corn and soy are like two of the most heavily produced crops in the U.S., and they're just so incredibly cheap to make, and um, they have a lot of anti-nutrients in them that prevents us from absorbing certain things in them, so I'm not a big fan of soy Okay, so try and stay away. Yeah. Yeah. I think that came to the same conclusions there doing some research. It's very cheap to make. Yeah, It doesn't have nutritional benefit. Yeah. Okay, so if we're going to rank plant-based, we're going to start with coconut, and then walk me through the rest. Yeah, I mean- Honestly, I would just put, I'd put coconut milk first. I put oat milk last and then somewhere in the middle, I'd say the rest of them are in there. Yeah. Almond milk, uh, hemp milk. Um, I mean, soy milk, rice milk. I can't say I'm really a big fan of those. Yeah. I, I found that pea milk and rice milk, very high oh, pea milk. in heavy, heavy metals. Oh uh, yeah. And just yeah. stay away from those too. Was, yes. Was what I saw. Yeah. Rice, rice is very high in some, in arsenic. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, pea protein. Like okay. a lot of people, I know a lot of people like pea. A lot of people have plant-based pea protein, but yeah, yeah that's a big problem. They're very high in heavy metals. Okay. So, side note: if you are looking at a plant-based protein, try to get one that tests for heavy metals. Okay. A lot of companies are doing that now. Will they put it on the carton, or will you have to research that? Outside? Um, I think some will put it on. They will. Yeah, I know okay. the the protein powder that I take and recommend Flav City. Yeah. It's primarily whey-based, but he does add a little bit of pea protein in yeah. there for just some extra protein, and he does third-party test, and that says it on the package. Okay. So either check the package or the website or reach out to them. Yeah. Um, if you can, yeah, see that. Got it. Okay. So we've now we've we've broken down dairy and plant-based separately, but let's, let's combine them. If you were going to rank these or just talk about which one's healthier, where does like a coconut milk, which is relatively healthy for a plant-based milk, fall in terms of of dairy milk oh i'd say you really can't even you really can't even compare dairy milk to any of these Uh, it's completely separate yeah okay even even coconut milk yeah uh yeah so in your opinion dairy is far superior than any of the plant-based yes even like a a non-organic skim skim milk would you prefer that over a coconut milk Ooh, yeah that's tough (laughs) (laughs) non-organic skim milk (sighs) ah Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'd say I'd say yes. If you can tolerate it fine, yeah, then I, I I'd probably say yeah. Yeah. So then that sounds like almost every dairy milk yeah. is better, nutritionally speaking. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't think that these these plant based milks are necessarily bad, mm-hmm. but I don't want people drinking them thinking they're getting the nutrient the same nutrients that are found in cow's milk, yeah. or any other dairy milk for that matter. Yeah. Um. If you want to, you know, use these plant-based milks in your coffee or your cereal or whatever you use milk for, sure, fine. That's absolutely fine. But just know you're not getting those nutrients that are found in dairy milk. Yeah. So in preparation for this podcast, I actually actually went to, uh, I think it's 
chronometer or uh-huh. something. Have you ever heard of that? No, Online, it's like where you type in. It's like if you want to keep track of your calories or uh, carbs or yeah, fat yeah. or whatever. It's a, it's just one of those things to keep track of. Yeah. And I and I typed in raw milk because mm-hmm. I wanted to see the nutrients and, and the breakdown of everything that was in um, milk versus plant based milk. So, and if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll pop the graphic uh, of what this is. But for those listening, raw milk and according to this website. Uh, pasteurized milk has similar amount of nutrients. Mm-hmm. Now, again, how much are you absorbing? Yeah. We don't necessarily know. But raw milk will give you 70% of your vitamin B2. Okay. Uh, 25% of vitamin B3. 113% or sorry. And this is a this is a 16 ounce glass of raw okay. milk. Uh, 113% of vitamin B12. Wow. And again, these, these B vitamins are, are very important for so many different things, one of them definitely being um, energy within our body, giving us energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 16% of our daily value of folate. And this is, again, this is daily value. 26% daily value of vitamin A. Uh, 47% daily value of calcium. Hmm. 57% uh, daily value phosphorus. It's even got 11% of our daily value of magnesium. And then many other things like potassium, selenium, uh, and zinc. So it contains a lot of vitamins and minerals in one 16-ounce glass of yeah. raw milk. And again, these this is a very bioavailable form. So it's gonna, our bodies know what to do with it. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna absorb it. Yeah. Anything there? Well, I was gonna say that that, that part's huge because that's not something that I really considered is what your body can absorb. Yeah. If you see something on the label, you just assume, oh, that that's what I'm getting. But this bioavailability that you've mentioned a few times now and the enzymes that are in the, the dairy milk or lack thereof in the, the plant-based milk yeah. plays a huge role, something yes. that, that I did not consider. Yes. Uh, yeah. That kind of reminds me too, like another, another point there. Okay. This contains, raw milk contains 11% daily value of magnesium. How much of that are you going to absorb? A lot of it. Yeah. Say you look on um, any nuts or seeds say, you know, one serving of it also contains 11% of your daily value of magnesium. How much of that are you consuming? I'm going to tell you right now, not as much no. as a, an animal-based um, food. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. So we'll do a whole, that's a whole other yeah. thing, but that's something that's been very interesting to me recently yeah. is looking at the bioavailability of these different foods. Yeah. That is fascinating. Okay. So that is raw milk. So now I'm going to for those, again, watching on YouTube, I'll, I'll flash the graphic of almond milk. Mm. And I'll show you, show, show this to Kevin. To show you, I'll show you. <laughs> Why <Words> are hard? <laughs> I'll show you Kevin as well. But uh, so I pulled up one of my favorite brands of almond milk that just has almonds, water, and sea salt in it. Mm-hmm. And it basically has no nutrients at all so it has six percent of calcium again raw milk had about half Mm -hmm. is 50 percent of your daily value uh, of calcium it has five percent daily value of uh potassium and it's got some sodium in there wow so because i think a lot of times at least when we were younger i would think milk makes bones go grow stronger that's what I remember thinking. Because of the calcium. Because of the calcium. Yes. Okay. And so you said, what was the percent 
of your daily calcium value in raw milk. 47% for a 16-ounce glass. And then compare that to almond milk? 6%. Wow. And again, how much of that are we absorbing? Right. So it's probably not even 6%. Of the 6%. Yeah. yeah. So look at that that here. That is the uh, nutritional profile of almond milk. And then if you scroll uh, back, then that's raw milk. Wow. So you see that difference? That's huge. Yeah. So th- this is this is exactly why I said you can't really compare the two in yep. terms of its nutritional profile. Yep. Just a different category of food. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's that's one thing that we were talking about is that you can use the the plant-based in some of your your diet. Yeah. As long as you're supplementing it maybe with some other um vitamins and minerals, but we understand that the grass-fed organic whole milk can be a bit more expensive. So maybe you want to find areas to use the, the plant-based in certain places. Yes. Okay. Yep. So that's okay. All right. So that's a, that's a lot there on basically the differences between the two. But the, the takeaway is if you can get it, one is, is that raw milk is the mm-hmm. best, but even the dairy milk comes out ahead in almost every category compared to plant-based. Yes. Okay. Nutritionally speaking. Yep. And then one other item that, that I want to touch on that's popular, probably especially in, in kids, is chocolate milk. Mm. So what what do you see in a lot of the chocolate milks that you'll find in a store? I mean, most of them are just loaded with sugar. Yeah. Yeah. So what, mean, what can what can a parent do if their kid, or even a parent, if a parent wants chocolate milk, what's the best thing that they can do? Yeah, I, I would say just take any take one of these milks that we've talked about. You yeah. know, if you can get organic grass-fed milk, uh, whole milk, mm-hmm. and just add... Cocoa powder, cacao powder, either one. And then add your own sweetener like maple yeah. syrup or raw honey. Perfect. Yep. Uh, even something like if you want to go lower sugar or lower carb, even something like monk fruit or stevia or erythritol. Yep. Okay. So if, if you can DIY your own chocolate milk, that's going to end yeah. up better. Yep. That, that'd be it. Okay. Yeah. I'd good, say, yeah. Good uh, uh, there. Avoid, avoid the chocolate milks. Got it. Trivia. Okay. So that's the... What? Trivia. Yeah. So let's jump into trivia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cue, uh, cue the Wheel of Fortune sound or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Prices, right? Well, yep. I don't know. One of those. Jeopardy, something. Yeah, yeah, Jeopardy. Okay. So we've got eight questions here. Okay. Some trivia. Some of them we actually talked about, um, but some of them I think you'll find a little bit fun. Okay. So first, what is the primary sugar found in milk? Lactose. Lactose. We're starting to lay up there. Yes. Okay. Ding. Ding. That's right. <laughs> Lactose is the sugar that is found in, in milk, in dairy that's, milk. That's the only sh- the only sugar, sugar right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Just making sure that, yep. that there wasn't something else. Yeah. Which country is the largest producer of cow's milk in the world? Which country? Yeah. Uh, what is California? <laughs> country. <laughs> United States seems too easy. I'll go United States. It is United States. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So this, I think we were talking about this before, but the, the U.S. is definitely the, the largest consumer of dairy milk mm. um, and producer. Okay. What is the approximate composition of cow's milk in terms of, of water? So what percent of cow's milk is actually just water? Mm. And I don't know if this is grass-fed or organic or... Yeah. I'd say it's, pro- it's probably similar. Well... I'd say it, the real difference would come when it's whole milk versus skim milk. Mm, yeah. I, I would think. I don't yeah. know. Because it filters out the fat and then there's maybe more liquid, yeah. aka water. Uh, I'd say the average milk contains 33% water. 
87 percent water whoa yeah was not expecting it's that. mostly water wow obviously there's a lot of good in there too um but a lot of it is is water wow yeah wouldn't have guessed that no that's a high number that is yeah okay uh this one's fun the national drink of scotland is actually made with milk and it's combined with another form of beverage is it an alcoholic it drink an alcoholic yeah drink. have you heard of it i feel like i have yeah yeah but you know what the other drink that you combine that you combine hot milk with is milk with. is it whiskey it is whiskey oh let's go, let's go. scotch whiskey <laughs> fun fact you know the name of it no hot toddy hot toddy <laughs> i thought that was just cool what is toddy i don't know oh, hot toddy okay. hot toddy it's uh it's scotch whiskey and hot milk can't say I want to try that. Nope. Doesn't sound too appetizing. <laughs> okay. This one. Fun. Which mammal's milk is closest in composition to human milk? Spoiler alert. It's not dairy. Or it's not not cow milk. Yeah. Not cow milk because cow milk contains A1 protein. That's so I'd say it's one of the other ones that contains A2 protein, mm -hmm. which gives us sheep, goat, camel, buffalo. Those are the only ones I know off the top of my head. I'm going to go... Goat milk. Good guess. Dolphin milk. Didn't know dolphins made milk. Me neither. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All right. That is the closest to human milk. Aren't we like closest? Aren't we? Very similar to dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. In terms of our genes? Uh, I don't Not know. Genes. Yeah. It's out of my scope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's chimpanzees I'm thinking of. Yeah. We're closest to them in terms of our genes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So dolphin milk. Um, dolphin milk. I, don't, I haven't seen that at grocery stores no, yet. No, I can't imagine that's easy to get. <laughs> <laughs> How many gallons of milk does the average cow produce per day? Oh, the average amount of milk per day. Um, I'm going to say six gallons. Wow, great guess. 6.3 gallons. Wow, let's that's go. Huge. Let's go. That is wow. impressive. 6.3 gallons Thank a day. You. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Good guess. What, what was the logic there? Uh, I was I, at first, my mind went to twelve, mm. and then I pictured twelve gallons of milk, and yeah. I was like, "That kind of seems like a lot. Let's cut it in half." Six. Six. That was my beautiful. That was my well thinking. done. Thank you. Beautiful thinking. Uh, a peek inside the mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, and then kind of going off of that, so the United States actually has the highest consumption of milk per person, with an average of how many gallons per year. So basically, how many gallons does the average person consume per year? The average person. Yeah. I'd say the average person consumes the average person. See, I don't consume a lot of milk. No. But then I'm sure there's someone out there who consumes milk every day. I'm sure. So, Especially in coffee and cereal. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think about that. So I was just thinking milk on its own. Yeah. So let's go with the average person consumes 13 grams of milk. 13 gallons of milk. <laughs> 13 gallons. Not too year. far off. It's 20.4 gallons. Okay, that's a so, little bit more than I would have thought. Yeah. So if you're thinking 20.4 gallons, it's it's less than a gallon a week. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, yeah. the, I was thinking someone that consumes a lot of milk probably consumes a, a gallon per week. Yeah, that's a lot. A gallon that's a, a lot? Week. That's 50, 52 gallons yeah, a I know. year. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I'd say someone that, someone that drinks milk, that's probably. fair to estimate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then our last question, the one you were all waiting for. Yes. What percent of the U.S. is lactose intolerant? And that, this is a range. That we think is that lactose we think, intolerant. Yes. In the U.S., right? In the U.S. 78%. 78%. 78%. 78%. 
65 to 75%. Okay. So, so I was close with my original. You were. You said 75 first. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So that is, it's right there, which is, to me, that was a shockingly large number. That's high. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, it's more than half. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're in a room with four people, three of them have some sort of lactose intolerance. Yeah. yeah. So wild. So for, for those three out of four, try that A2 milk. Try that A2 milk yeah. and, and, and let me know. Yep. Okay. So that was our trivia. And then to, to wrap it up, we're going to rank, power rank our top four milks with the-, the Dairy. Dairy, dairy or, okay. Well, all, I guess. All, okay. Yeah. With the caveat that if A2 exists for each of these, A2 is better. Yep. Okay. So with, with number one, we've got organic grass-fed raw milk. Yes. That's cream of the crop. That's the best. You That's the get. best. Okay. Yes. Then we're going to go organic grass-fed, low-temp pasteurized. Yes. So if you can't get raw- but you can get organic grass-fed, go go low temp. Yes. Then we're going to go organic grass-fed whole milk. Yes. So that's probably most commonly found. That's what people are, that's what you can find basically at any grocery store. So if that's what you have access to, go for that. That's a good one. That's the best option. Okay. And then if you can't get that grass-fed organic whole milk. Yes. Okay. I think that's going to be it for this episode. If you want to go ahead and subscribe, if you're watching on YouTube again, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you're enjoying us. But that is it for episode four. We will see you next week in episode five. Thanks, everyone.